0: You're listening to Allen, Oleander Public Radio. The Weird Works of M. R. James The four books of short stories written by Montague Rhodes James, provost of Eton College, have been collected in a single but not overly bulky volume under the imprint of Longman's Green and Company. One can heartily recommend the acquisition of this volume to all lovers of the weird and supernatural who are not already familiar with its contents james is perhaps unsurpassed in originality by any living writer and he has made a salient contribution to the technique of his genre as well as to the enriching of its treasury of permanent masterpiece his work is marked by rare intellectual skill and ingenuity by power rising at times above the reaches of mere intellection and by a sheer finesse of writing that will bear almost endless study it has a peculiar savour wholly different from the diabolic grimness of Bierce, or the accumulative atmospheric terror and rounded classicism of Machen, Here there is nothing of the feverish but logical hallucinations, the macabre and exotic beauty achieved by Poe, nor is there any kinship to the fine poetic weavings and character nuances of Walter de la Mer, or the far-searching penetrative psychism of Blackwood, or the frightful antiquities and ultra-terrene menaces of Lovecraft. The style of these stories is rather casual and succinct. The rhythms of the prose are brisk and pedestrian, and the phrasing is notable for clearness and incisiveness, rather than for those vague reverberative overtones which beguile one's inner ear in the prose of fiction writers who are also poets. Usually there is a more or less homely setting, often with a background of folklore and long-past happenings, whose dim archaism provides a depth of shadow from which as from a recessed cavern the central horror emerges into the noontide of the present things and occurrences sometimes without obvious off-hand relationship are grouped cunningly forcing the reader unaware to some frightful deduction or there is an artful linkage of events seemingly harmless in themselves that leave him confronted at a sudden turn with some ghoulish spectre or night demon the minutiae of modern life humour Character drawing, scenic, and archaeological description are used as a foil to heighten the abnormal, but are never allowed to usurp a disproportionate interest. Always there is an element of supernatural menace, whose value is never impaired by scientific or spiritualistic explanation. Sometimes it is brought forth at the climax into full light, and sometimes even then it is merely half-revealed, is left undefined but perhaps all the more alarming, In any case, the presence of some unnatural but objective reality is assumed and established. The goblins and phantoms devised by James are truly creative and are presented through images often so keen and vivid as to evoke an actual physical shock. Sight, smell, hearing, taction are all played upon with well-nigh surgical sureness by impressions calculated to touch the shuddering quick of horror. Some of the images or similes employed are most extraordinary, and spring surely from the demonic inspiration of the highest genius. For instance, take the unnameable thing in the uncommon prayer book, which resembles a great roll of old shabby white flannel, with a kind of face in the upper end, and which falls forward on a man's shoulder, and hides this face in his neck like a ferret attacking a rabbit. Then, in Mr. Humphreys and his inheritance, one of the subtler and more inferential tales, there is the form with a burnt human face and black arms that emerges from an inexplicable hole in the paper plan of a garden maze with the odious writhings of a wasp creeping out of a rotten apple. In the tractate midoff one meets an apparition with thick cobwebs over its eyes, the lich or specter of a man who, obedient to his own rather eccentric instructions, had been buried sitting at a table in an underground room, and who, upon reading the diary of Mr. Pointer, can fail to share Denton's revulsion when he reaches out, thinking that a dog is beside his chair and touches a crawling figure covered with long, wavy, absalom-like tresses. Who, too, can shake off the horror of Denniston in Canon Alberic's scrapbook when a demon's hand appears from beneath on the table, suggesting momentarily a pin-wiper, a rat, and a large spider? reading and re-reading these tales one notes a predilection for certain milieus and motifs backgrounds of scholastic or ecclesiastic life are frequent and some of the best tales are laid in cathedral towns in many of the supernatural entities there recurs insistently the character of extreme and repulsive hairiness often the apparition is connected with or evoked by some material object such as the bronze whistle from the ruins of a templar's preceptory in A Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad, the old drawing of King Solomon and the Night Demon in Canon Alberic's scrapbook, the silver Anglo-Saxon crown from an immemorial barrow in A Warning to the Curious, and the strange curtain pattern in The Diary of Mr. Pointer, which had a subtlety in its drawing. In several stories there are hints of bygone Satanism and wizardry whose malign wraiths or conjured spirits linger obscurely in modern time, and in at least one tale, casting the runes, the warlock is a living figure. In other tales, the forgetful and vanishing phantasms of old crimes cry out their mindless pain, or peer for an instant from familiar pools and shrubberies. The personnel of James's pandemonium is far from monotonous. One finds a satyr dwelling in a cathedral tomb, a carven cat-like monster that comes to life when touched by a murderer's hand a moldy-smelling sack-like object in an unlit well, which suddenly puts its arms around the neck of a treasure-seeker, a cloaked and hooded shape with a tentacle in lieu of arms, a lean, hideously taloned terror with a jaw shallow as that of a beast, dolls that repeat crime and tragedy, creatures that are dog-like but not dogs, a sawfly, tall as a man, met in a dim room full of rustling insects, and even a weak, ancient thing which, being wholly bodiless and insubstantial, makes for itself a body out of crumpled bed linen. The peculiar genius of M. R. James and his greatest power lies in the convincing evocation of weird, malignant, and preternatural phenomena such as I have instanced. It is safe to say that few writers, dead or living, have equalled him in his formidable necromancy, and perhaps no one has excelled him. End of section 4. The Weird Works of M. R. James